no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' Week 17 loss against the Packers and much more. Hey, Dub, man. What the fuck, bro? Yeah, man. Tough one today. Limping into the playoffs. Yes, we are. And I know we said on the last episode, you said, man... You know, it's going to feel kind of lame getting into the playoffs with, you know, losing and then, you know, the Cardinals, you know, helping us out. But I changed my mind on that, man. I'm still going to appreciate getting into the playoffs. Nagy and his presser today, did you hear him? He said, you know, hey, it's a clean slate tomorrow. Anything can happen in the playoffs. No, he's right about that. Anything can happen in the playoffs. It's any given Sunday. We just took a tough loss today. I would say anything can happen in the playoffs if he gets the fuck out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, too. But I want to hear more about that. There you go. There you go. Well, man, let's get into our, uh, some of uh, our keys that we had from the preview pod. And then I want to introduce our uh, special guest um, when we get through with that. So, A-Dub, on the preview pod, your first key was uh, you wanted Mitch to avoid turnovers. Talk to us about that, sir. I think Mitch was inconsistent with that process. Matter of fact, a couple turnovers could have happened out there, but one for sure happened to where it actually impacted us badly. But yeah, that was a big factor in today's game, and we did see one. And as we mentioned on the preview pod, you cannot turn the ball over against an Aaron Rodgers-led team because he will make you pay. Mitch had three turnovers in that Week 12 game, and that near pick in the red zone, you can't have that shit. Mitch has to clean those plays up in the red zone. Your second key. You wanted the Bears to run the football effectively and often. You wanted them to feed Montgomery. I thought they did pretty good in that department. We did everything we did today off of Montgomery, and I thought we did a good job around that. And I will say this, too. Uh, time of possession was a big key for us in this ball game, and a lot of that is credited to Montgomery getting those tough yards. So that key right there, I thought we did a really good job with. It was just turning the football over. I think that really did us in today. Absolutely. And thinking about the score, it, I know it was 35-16. The game was closer than what the score actually showed. Well, it was. I mean, we hung in there for three quarters of the game, you know, and I give them credit for that. But you know what? That counts if you're in Little League. We're in the NFL. You got to win these ball games. So it's cute that we hung in there for three quarters of the game. You got to pull this victory out today. I'm sorry, man. And I'm not trying to be the homer guy here and this and that, but this was a game right here that we could have easily won today. Yeah, we had our fair chances, and we had some luck on our side as well, but we didn't take advantage of it. We did not, man. A couple of my keys I want to get into before we uh, introduce our guest. I mentioned limiting Devontae Adams. So in that Week 12 game, we talked about the fact that we held Devontae Adams to 61 yards. Even though there were some chances in that game in Week 12 that Devontae Adams could have made some plays out there, they didn't happen. In today's ball game, I think we did a pretty decent job on him. He had six catches, 46 yards, so fewer yards than he had in that Week 12 matchup. But one of the things, A-Dub, that really concerned me with this matchup was the fact that they lined up Adams a ton in the slot. And I just didn't like the fact that we just continued on defense to not scheme correctly against that matchup. And there were a lot of times where I saw Adams matched up against someone and I said, dude, this is like game over. This is child's play. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. It was barbecue chicken. When he got those kind of guys on him who really cannot guard him, who has no chance, he would eat them up. Shout out to Shaq, because that was definitely barbecue chicken on a couple of those plays. And and no, and no disrespect to uh, DeAndre Houston Carson, but it was a couple of those plays where I was looking, I'm like, man, I don't like this matchup. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but for the most part, A-Dub, I mean, I thought we we held our own in that matchup there uh, when it came to Adams. We said that the others had to beat us, and in this ball game, the others did. 
yeah, the others really did do a good job against us. Valdez, um, Scantley did a great job. Um, others kind of stepped up as well, and they did it collectively outside of Adams. Yep. And then my second key was the Bears secondary versus Rodgers. What a part of that key was basically getting pass rush on Rodgers. And so in this ball game, we only got home against Rodgers once. Khalil Mack had that sack, but outside of that, I thought that Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball in clean pockets. And he lit us up for four touchdowns, and he could have had a fifth one if uh, MVS didn't drop that ball when he toasted Duke Shelley. Yeah, that was a big one right there, and that put us in a good position to where we got a little luck on our side. But yeah, it could have cost us big time. Yeah, man. So I mean, when we look at that, man. That that <laughs> there was so much, and we're gonna get into it in this episode. Without further ado, we're gonna introduce our guest, Brad Spielberger from PFF. Brad, talk to him, brother. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, that was that was a tough one today. I feel like you guys touched on a lot of key points. Uh, Duke Shelley definitely had a rough outing today, but was definitely given a a tough assignment. Um, and yeah, the Packers just look like a better team out there. They really did, man. They really did. Um, one thing too, I wanted to, to to talk to you about real quick because I saw some of your tweets and I saw a couple people kind of mixing it up with you on the timeline, which I'm sure you don't care about that kind of stuff. But what were some of your thoughts when you were looking at this matchup with the Bears going against this Packers, just leading up into the game? What were some of your initial thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it does look like on paper like a mismatch at a lot of spots as well. Like I kind of expected this to go poorly. It, it, it honestly went better than than I expected, to be honest. Like you said, the the Bears hung in there for three quarters. Like it was a game for a while. Um, you know, obviously those field goals have to be touchdowns from them. You know, yep. if right. they are, maybe it's a different story. But yeah, I mean, the, the Bears are just a little bit weak in, in coverage in the secondary with no Jalen Johnson and um, no Buster Scrine. So, I mean, they put Devontae Adams in a slot a bunch. Um, and, and like you said, Valdez Scaling, you know, did well and could have done more if he didn't drop an easy touchdown. Yeah, man. I, and I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> bro, when, when I saw that, I just kind of just looked at the TV for a second and I said, bro, that escalated quick. How did he get that damn open? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, it got dark real quick there. Uh, you know, once they realized they could just, you know, push the ball downfield on them, they, they, Rodgers was having fun out there. He was, and I'm telling you, bro, and we said this in the preview pod, I hate that smug look on his face, and it was in full force today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. But I'll tell you one, uh, one thing. I'm going to give him a quick little, little kudos, and then that's going to be it for this episode. But this guy's been playing at an MVP level all season. And today's performance was no different. He took what the defense gave him. I mean, A-Dub, I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but I mean, I mean, he was pretty efficient in the pass game, bro, with no running game. Oh, yeah. He was like 10 for 10 the first half. I mean, every time he got a chance to um, see Blitz, he knew how to um, calculate against that. I mean, he found the open guy and took advantage of those opportunities. I mean, was his first incompletion, guys? Was it that drop by MVS? If I'm, was that the first drop? I mean, the first incompletion of the game for him today? Yep. Wow. <laughs> yep. That's insane. So getting into it a bit. So we, we we talked about the Bears lost 35 to 16, finished the season eight and eight. We limping into the playoffs. So when we look at this potential matchup that the Bears are now going to have against the Saints next weekend, a key thing for a lot of our listeners and fans to think about is the fact that Alvin Kamara is still out with COVID. And so if this game actually is on Saturday, guys, there's a chance that Kamara will be out. Did you guys kind of like see that when they kind of announced the matchup this afternoon? Yes, I saw that, that part of it. And that did bring light to us that says if he's not playing, that could be good for us, right? Because now we can focus in on the passing game versus the rushing game. It's crazy, too, that today their entire running back room couldn't play. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think he's the one who, who may have contra- you know, gotten the disease, but the whole room was out today. So I don't think that'll be the case next Saturday. But, right. I mean, that, that changes things for sure. Yeah. It really does. Um, and I don't know, you know, what that would mean for Murray, uh, you know, going into this game next week, but he would be someone that I would then think that, hey, we got to key in on him. You know what I mean? may have an easier task with Murray than it would be with uh, with Kamara. So that's what I would say from that perspective. If Roquan can't play, um, you know, I'm not sure what exactly his injury is. Uh, obviously, didn't look great. But, no. um, you know, he, he covering run, running backs is obviously, you know, one of his, his great skill sets. So if, if Kamara can't play and Roquan can't, then, you know, he might be dancing on Danny Trevathan a bit in coverage, which would be, you know, a great way for Breeze to just dump it off and let him just go to town all day long. And that injury to Roquan, from what I understand, was an elbow injury. And to your point, 
it did not look good. I mean, as soon as when he walked to the side um, to the locker room, I was like, bro, he's not coming back in this ball game. Yeah, that was hurt to see. Guy, so. Yeah, dude. And it's tough, right? Because you got to think about it. Roquan Smith has been playing at all pro level all season. So when you lose a guy like that on your defense and replace him, no disrespect to Josh Woods, but Josh Woods is a special teamer, right? And we saw exactly why, you know, he's a special teams player because, and I'm going to kind of kick this over to you, Brad, that touchdown that uh, I think was it, oh God, was it, it was uh, to, what was the Daphne? I think it was on, on Daphne, the Packers. It was Daphne. It was Daphne. Okay. So on that play, Brad, kind of from your viewpoint, what did you see there? Because what I saw was on that defense, you had Trevathan and Woods there. And both of those guys basically just kind of like dropped back and just kind of let the tight end go. But what did you see there with that defensive scheme there? Yeah, so it was Dominique Daphne. Um, I think he was, to be honest, I don't remember it exactly, but I think he was lined up as like a tight end and kind of just leaked out. Um, later in the snap. And, and I think he was on the right side of the formation at one point. So he kind of flashed across Trevathan. And I think Trevathan's supposed to hand him off to Woods and Woods is supposed to sink, um, you know, back in coverage. And so that was like, he was, because I, I believe they were in zone. They're both kind of just standing there, clearly just, you know, occupying a part of the field. Yep. Um, I think Woods was supposed to back up and kind of get in that passing lane, at least be able to jump up and, you know, deflect it. Um, and yeah, it was a pretty easy touchdown for Daphne. Yeah, and, and and to you to that point, you know, that was kind of like what I was getting at with Woods because when you have a guy like Roquan in the game on a play like that, Roquan's going to make that play nine times out of ten. You know what I mean, A-Dub? Yeah, and I totally agree with you from that standpoint because um, Eddie Jackson was at the right place at the right time. He was supposed to be right where he was to make sure Devontae Adams doesn't um, burn Shelly. So he was right at the right place. I thought, like you said, with Woods, when they actually when he came over and went from Trevathan over to Woods, that's where I was supposed to pick him up. And what that stamp was pretty much just let him go ahead, continue going, and then got lost on that play. And the thing about it is, Woods, the play before, he's in the end zone celebrating because he, you know, he had like a little pass breakup. And I'm like, bro, next play, because then look what happens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, guys, when you look at a moment in this game that you thought was basically detrimental to the Bears and kind of led to the loss. Whichever you guys want to take it first, what was a key moment in this ball game that you just said, you know what, this is when this game basically went advantage Packers? I thought really where it really impacted us the most, at least one of the plays that really hurt us the most, was when Commit fumbled the football. Because what that that did, yeah, it, it set them up for a good position to where they can actually score, right? So when the Packers got the ball, it put them in a good good field positioning, put them in a good chance to take advantage of it. So for me, we had a little momentum going up into that point. I mean, and that was a, a fumble that was deep in Packers territory. And as I mentioned earlier, this team, <laughs> the Bears, we, I mean, I don't want to shit on us, but we're not that good to be fucking turning over the football in enemy territory and giving them short fields. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. You don't give Aaron Rodgers a freebie. You really don't. No, 100%. I mean, that's got to be it, right? They were they were down four at the time, but, you know, they were trading scores back and forth. You think if they can drive down and score again, at least maybe get a field goal and make it 14-13, um, you know, they're still in the game going to the halftime. But fumble, like you said, at the 20, like 22, 23-yard line. Um, and, and, yeah, Rodgers is going to convert that for a touchdown like nine out of ten times. Yeah, man, all day long. Man, I had a couple in the game, but I'm going to stick to one that really was a was a point that you made in the opener, Brad. I thought that Demetrius Harris forced fumble on special teams on Tavon Austin. I thought that was huge, bro. That got me off the couch. I was jumping up and down, really happy. I almost spilled a drink, but uh, minor details <laughs> there. <laughs> but <laughs> the Bears got the ball deep in Packers territory on the 20-yard line, I thought it was. And at that point, uh, it was a 7-7 ball game. And right. I'm like, if we could score a touchdown here, we go up 14 to seven. And I think, think about the momentum and think about the shift and the way things would have been if we would have capitalized and what would happen. We settled for a field goal. <laughs> yeah. That's always hard, man. Selling for field goals and giving up touchdowns. That's not, that's a recipe for disaster in, in a way. So I thought, yeah, us setting, getting a field goal versus a touchdown, that really gave um, some of that momentum back to the Packers. They quite sure were thinking they probably going to give up seven, but in that instance, they did not. Oh, and then when you when you look at that on a defense, right? When you get put in a bad position like that, and you do your job and you hold to three, that gives you all kinds of confidence, right? And then now, absolutely. The, what's the game now? The score it was uh, it was ten to seven at that point, and then Rogers did Rogers things on the next drive, <laughs> right? <laughs> absolutely. 
so yeah, man. So for me, I just thought in that situation, guys, I just thought that was a missed opportunity. Red zone efficiency is an area that we've struggled a lot on offense this season. And it continues to be an issue because in this league where you have teams that are putting up touchdowns in these situations, we're settling for field goals. And no disrespect to Kairos because, man, he's been clutch for us all season long. But you're not going to win these offensive shootout type of games with a going against Aaron Rodgers by chip-shotted field goals you know, all game long. <laughs> you cannot do that. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, like we, you know, I, you know, from, from what we do at PFF, I think people think we want to like never kick field goals at ever at any point. And we <laughs> just think the kicker should be like off the roster, but you know, we're not that extreme, but like you said, they kicked, it was fourth and two at the green Bay 12 and they kick a field goal to go up 10, seven. And yeah, Rogers comes right back. They had what the 72 yard touchdown to, to Marquez Valdez Scantling. And like that right. was the game. That was the game. It, it really. At that point, I was actually kind of surprised we didn't go for it there on fourth and two. Um, I know that the, the game has become very analytical, Brad, in the sense that a lot of these coaches now seem to go for it on fourth down a lot, you know, compared to how the game used to be played. But in that situation, I was surprised that Nagy didn't do that because I said, listen, man, this right here is the game, <laughs> in essence. <laughs> no, right. 100%, 100%. I think we knew the worst team. Like, you got you to gotta take your shots. Like, you need the capitalize on that. And if, if like a couple of those, like two of those go right, then yeah, you pull out a win. Exactly. Right. Exactly. What did you guys like about the office of game plan today? And then on the flip side of that, we'll touch into some of the things that we didn't like. Uh, what I like about that, uh, the game plan today is uh, we did stick with the run. I thought from that standpoint, it gives us an opportunity to actually keep number 12 off the field. And what we end up doing, we milked the clock. We had controls of the possessions. Uh, we had our opportunities, we had our chances, and we did extend plays, but we didn't extend them long enough to where we got touchdowns. But I like the idea of what we did. Uh, we, we did everything we did offensively. We done it off of um, our running off Montgomery. Yeah, for sure. I also like today. Um, you know, I think they put Jair Alexander on Allen Robinson a bunch, and I think they maybe even had you know Amos or, or Darnell Savage kind of you know drifting over to his side of the field to just take him out of the game. But yeah. for whatever reason. Um, you know, Darnell Mooney getting 13 targets and Komet getting eight targets. You know, it's good to see the young guys get heavily involved in the offense, spread the ball around different people. Definitely good to see. No, that's a hell of a point, Brad, because, yeah, we did definitely see uh, Darnell Mooney eating out there today. And a lot of that was because the Packers took A-Rob out of the ball game. But that brings up a point that I wanted to kick over to you guys, because this was something that I was thinking about. I said, you know what? So the Packers, they schemed to take A-Rob out of the ball game today. And right. I wondered, well, where was the offensive game plan to maybe move A-Rob to the slot? Where was the slant routes with A-Rob? Because my thing was, there were situations in this ball game that I thought that they could have probably executed some of that because after Anthony Miller got that fourth down uh, conversion on the slant, we didn't see many slants over the course of the ball game. And I just wondered with the routes that they were running, I'm like, where are the plays that we can try to get these guys open or scheme them over? What did you guys think there today? I think it wasn't uh, A-Rob's time. I thought he's played mostly decoy for the first half of the game. And I thought the game plan in the first half was seemed to be working. So why change it up, right? So that's what my take on it really was like, well, we don't need A-Rob just yet. Looks like Mooney is taking over the ham right now as being the, the go-to guy. And he was executing pretty well with it. Commit was getting involved, executed pretty well until that fumble. So I thought the game plan without A-Rob looked pretty sharp up until the turnovers happened. For me, any game plan that doesn't have A-Rob getting a ton of targets is a game plan that I can't roll with. Um, and, and that's no disrespect to Darnell Mooney because that kid's having a monster uh, rookie season. But I think that a guy like A-Rob has to be targeted early and often. There's no excuse for this guy having one target in the first half of a must-win ball game. That's just the only thing that I have to say on that. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, hard to disagree with it, but I think I kind of understood what they were going with it, though, you know? Yeah, I, I think I like, though, with the game plan today, fellas, I like the fact that the Bears, we were able to win the time of possession ball game. When you can keep Aaron Rodgers off the field and when you limit his possessions, you become a team that has a better shot of beating them. And so we saw in the first half where the Bears, they won the time of possession game. There was only a one-score game going into the half, and I really like that. The thing that I didn't like, guys, was I thought that there were times in this game and this is about me, about I'm just going to go in because I've been very nice on this episode up to this point. Um, there were times in this game where I felt like Nagy was calling a lot of these fucking plays. 
And so, A-Dub, when you were talking about the game plan going away from A-Rob, I'm like, bro, Nagy, what are you doing out here, man? Because you saw a different scheme in that second half of the ball game where there was like flow to the game, to the, to the play calls. But there were certain times in that first half where I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> and I didn't get it. But so for me, I just didn't like, uh, I thought the rhythm of the play calling was a little inconsistent um, over the course of the four quarters. Yeah, it did show in the fourth quarter for sure. But when you're down, sometimes you got to put the, put the ball out there in the air. But you're right. I thought the play calling kind of got a little bit confusing at times of what we wanted to do and how we wanted to um, attack them when we got down. So I thought that we reacted like there was a lot of pressure on us, right? And it got us a little bit discombobulated. Yeah, I think when they get down, they kind of panic just because, you know, game script is so important to them do, doing well. Like, they, they're built to play from ahead, right? Like, they're built to, right. yep, yep. you know, get up and then just kind of have chunk plays, have long drives, like you said, like, like eight-minute eight drives where you run the ball a bunch, you know. And so once they get down, they need to push the ball downfield and actually, you know, have explosive plays and, and, and score, you know, multiple times and all that. It's just, you know, they start lining up in the wrong places and, and, and things go haywire pretty quickly. Real quick. And the thing too, guys, fourth down conversion efficiency was really strong uh, in this ball game today. That's why I brought up earlier where I thought it was surprising that we didn't go for it on fourth, uh, fourth and goal there when we were down to two. I just have to bring this play up because this shit still pisses me off. And it was the second point that why I thought we lost the game today. In the fourth quarter, when we were moving the football with a nice little pace, eating up clock there, you know, we had that drive that started in the third quarter, continued on into the fourth. Fourth and one, guys, we roll out Mitch. <laughs> we shrink the field, and we run a play where there's really only one true option on the play, and that was A-Rob, and he had to get open. He didn't. And Jimmy Graham, I don't know what the fuck he was doing on that play, but that play right there, guys, I was like, that is a naggy play call. Why not do a QB sneak to Mitch? Why not run the ball there? Like, what did you guys think there? Because that was one of those things in this ball game, and I said – that's what did it because we were in the ball game up until that point. Here's where I'm at with that play. Because if you think about a couple of plays before that on fourth down, we actually did a fake and then passed it to Mooney and it worked. We also did one to where Mitch sneaked and we and it worked as well. So looking at that, I wasn't really disappointed. And at that point, Mooney is hurt right out the game. He's not in. So now we do it with A-Rob. The biggest factor for me in that was that Mitch didn't get the ball out sooner. And then two, like you said, Jimmy Graham, where are you doing, dude? This is a quick rollout pass. You got to be in a position to catch the ball. You got a small guy on you and you run away from your strength. So what it did made it more one-dimensional to where only Mitch can only go to A-Rob. So for me, I thought it was okay play. I just didn't like how Graham was really rolling out that way. And again, Mitch didn't get, get it out sooner. Yeah, no, I think y'all touched on most of the points. Like they did actually do, um, you know, pretty well on fourth down in general. Like, I, like we said, like they could have gone for another one. They, they obviously could have done better uh, on the play to A-Rob, but like, like yeah, they, they ran the QB sneak. I, I feel like the QB sneak always works. Like, I feel like I would just run it every time if I, if yep. I had fourth and mm-hmm. one, uh, yep. but, but I'm sure <laughs> that's not, that's not reality. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham had a tough go of it today uh, against his old team. Those plays are huge, right? And, and execution and stuff like that is, is critical at that point. So, you know, there, there's still things they got to clean up too. Yeah, definitely got to clean that up. Because when I looked at that play call, uh, and me and A-Dub, you know, we definitely disagree on this one. But this, to me, was one of those naggy specials. And this is when being you goes wrong. Because this cost us the ball game. Because I just thought, in a play like, in a, in a situation like that, you shrink the field down. So you cut the field down. Now, I agree with you in the sense, A-Dub, that it was a bad throw by Mitch. Because he's got to get that ball out quick. But I just didn't, I thought that play was doomed from the start. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I didn't like it. Totally understand why. I totally get it. Why we could have rushed it. We could have did Mitch sneak. There's many things we could have did with it. But I do understand that we did it earlier and it worked with Mooney. <laughs> just didn't work out this time with a Rob. Was there anything else with the offensive game plan that you guys wanted to touch on? I got a couple things, but I wanted to see what you guys thought with the game plan today. I will say with the game plan offensively, um, I did like the fact that again um, we didn't throw it as much in the first half. We really did rely heavily on the run game. I think that first drive really was a tone setter for me that I like the fact that we got the first drive and scored that put us in a good position to say, Hey, you know, we're going to try to put a little bit more pressure on uh, Rogers to try to execute. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Cause the thing about it is uh, they did throw the ball a decent amount in that first half, but what it was, it was a lot of like those little quick 
the short passes to Mooney, short pass to Miller, uh, short pass to Komet, you know, even in Montgomery, too, out of the backfield, you know. So they were definitely, you know, kind of nibbling at the at the at the uh first downs, you know, and um we didn't take a lot of shots uh until later in the game when Mitch took that big shot to Mooney uh down the middle of the field. Yeah, because it's always good to start off the game and score. I mean, it, it wasn't just score. We took the what it took us 14 plays, 60 yards in pretty much seven minutes and 30 seconds, really, for us to score. And that's good to keep Aaron Rodgers on the on the on the um on the bench for a quick seven minutes and 30 seconds. That's good. Good way to start. And but what was the key to that? The key to that was field position. Uh, I don't know what Cordero Patterson was doing on that kickoff thing, but it worked out where we got the ball at the 40. Yeah. And we know that with this offense, guys, if we can have those short fields like that, man, we have a really good chance to succeed. Because as you mentioned, A-Dub, that was a 14-place, 60-yard drive. So, I mean, that's what, less than five yards of play? <laughs> <In essence>. Right. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> So, yeah, man. But I would say the one thing, and I want to get you guys' thought on this, when I looked at the ball game, I thought there could have been more design run plays with Mitch. I just thought that there was an opportunity to do that a little bit more today. Mm-hmm. There were also some lanes that I thought that Mitch had in the ball game where he didn't take. He had the one scramble where he kind of hesitated. I'm like, Mitch, bro, you're athletic. And this, this is a must-win game, right? So it's like these are opportunities where I just think that this could have been a game that Mitch could have made a little bit more damage with his legs, which would have opened up that running game for Montgomery a little bit, because as you guys saw, the Packers were packing in the box. Right. No, I agree with you, because the one thing I did also see as well, in addition to what you just said there with using his wheels, I thought he could have, like, fake pass and not pass and keep it, right, and then run with it. Because you're right, it would have picked up some yards. It may have made the defensive guy jump a little bit. You know how it is sometimes. You fake pass it, they jump in the air. That's all you need, Mitch, with the wheels you have to run past and keep the, uh, keep the momentum going. Yeah, we were talking about the short yardage stuff, like the you know fourth down, but even like a third down and short. Like a, like a QB draw, like where he's in shotgun, takes a snap, like looks yep. around like he's throwing, and then runs a draw up the middle, or even you know an option play with Montgomery. Like that's what you, uh, you know, that would be a good idea in short yardage situations for sure. Uh, and then I also I want to talk about uh, Cordell Patterson. That was an, uh, a huge shout out. You can uh, you can catch the ball like if you're even closer to the sideline, you can catch the ball and have one foot just like standing out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And basically, what happens is you get the the rule that basically they kicked it out of bounds. Like it counts for them kicking it out of bounds. So obviously, right. as you know, if you kick the kickoff out of bounds, it's on the forty. So that was like a genius play out of Cordell Patterson to start the game. Yes, it so, was. So I would just say this, man. I was confused on that because when I saw it, I said, man, what is he doing? But I guess at the same time, it worked in our advantage. <laughs> yeah. well, what I said, Braves, I said, um, he knows something I don't know because I don't know what's going on either. Because <laughs> it was a challenge right after that, right? They decided to challenge yep. that play. And I was like, whoa, what the heck really happened? Because <laughs> yep. all, all I know is we do. I know we didn't want the ball at the one. <laughs> oh no, no. Good point. I was going to say, if we got that ball at the one, I was going to say, man, a tough start already. I would say this, though. We looked at this Saints game that's coming up uh, next weekend. I think that the Packers defense today gave them a good blueprint to follow uh, to kind of neutralize this offense a bit because, I mean, we saw this offense has been on a roll as of late, over, scoring over 30 points, uh, you know, a game. And then the Packers defense had a little something for us there. What did you guys think when you saw how the Packers defense played us on offense today? I knew they would play that way. I think you all had an idea that they would try to, um, you know, counter the fact that we may do some bootlegs and have a guy out there waiting for Mitch once he roll out left or roll out right and try to throw him off his game. So that means it was going to force Mitch to probably be in a little bit pocket more. So I thought that was going to be part of the game plan. But what I want, I was hoping to see more of though. I didn't, I wasn't hoping to see more of the shirt passes. I was hoping that we take some more changes downfield. And it worked out one time when Moody got that big pass, but I thought we'd do a couple more of those uh, to really open things up. Yeah, you know, I think they kept two safeties high up to kind of keep everything in front of them so that, like, you know, those deep shots weren't as available as you'd hope. And then, you know, the thing, and, and that's kind of what Mitch struggles with, and that's kind of what I think uh, makes, like, a good NFL QB is, like, the intermediate stuff. Like, he couldn't mm-hmm. he couldn't hit the, uh, like you said, they, they, they did a good job of, like, taking things away horizontally. So a lot of the boot actions and things going to the sideline and one-read stuff, the half-field stuff going towards the sideline, they kind of took away. So, he you know, he had to hit some middle of the field stuff that he, that he you know, struggled to, to be accurate with, really. Exactly. So we kind of like saw that coming. And they was going to force Mitch to try to be a pocket passer. And that's what we see Mitch struggle a lot with. Well, any situation where he has to go through progressions and, and multiple reads, 
that's not going to be a good look for him because that's why we see the struggles in the red zone. Absolutely. What did you guys think with the defensive game plan today? I, all I'm going to say here is our buddy Chuck Pagano said that he was going to empty out the chamber in this game. And I just personally just thought his get, his gun must have never left his pocket because I'm like, I didn't see any bullets flying out there today. What would you guys think? <laughs> um, this is what I thought about the game plan on defense. I thought Pagano listened to the fans in the first half. And here's what I'm going to say. The fans wanted to see more blitz. Well, we saw blitz, but guess what? It wasn't effective. The effort was there, but it just wasn't effective. And the thing is, a lot of our coverage got busted. We saw our linebackers in coverage several plays that caused that actually hurt us. And because Aaron Rodgers saw it, he seen it, and he took advantage of it. So we got to be really careful about that. That forced us back into zone coverage. I thought we played better in zone coverage in that second half than we did in the first half because I think trying to blitz didn't really work out. I would say this, man. I, 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 I agree with your point there, but I still think with a guy like Rodgers, the alter- what's the alternative? If you don't put any heat on him, because think about those throws that he had out there that were near interceptions in the ballgame. It was because he was kind of scrambling around because there was pressure on him. So right. I like the fact that there was some blitz on him. What I didn't like was the scheme. Any scheme that you have on defense that ends up with Danny Trevathan covering a fucking wide receiver, that's not a scheme that I want to see. Take that right. shit out of the playbook. I agree. I agree with that. That's what I actually didn't like at all. I thought that you can also have your linebackers do some blitzes as well. But when you have your safeties come in to do some blitzes, it really forces your linebackers to now have to do coverage. And when they have to play in coverage, that hurts if you don't get there quicker. Like, for example, let me give you one example here, Perez, really quickly. That one play that led to um, Scantley um, getting that big touchdown play, you saw we already was screwed up from the jump because you had Quinn over there already confused, right? Yep. We should have called a damn timeout, but we didn't. Yep. <laughs> That's Talk what we should have did. But we didn't do that. So what happened is, how are you going to get a blitz? How are you going to get pressure? Quinn is already out of sync. You want to pressure out of sync like that? You can't do it. It's a bad, busted play on us. We're confused. So from there, I thought we gave up one big one trying to blitz. But like you said, blitzing the wrong way. That backfired. Absolutely, because this is a game of matchups. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, and, and Brad, I'm sure you have something on this, but the Packers... They were in empty set a lot, and they killed us in that formation today. Yes. And when you open, I'm going to give it to Brad in a second, but when you open the field up like that to make everyone cover, you know, that's a hard thing to do for us because we don't have the guys. We have a lot of people injured, right? We got screen injured. We have Jalen Johnson injured. So really don't have our part of our secondary available to really hang in there, right? So it came out in the show when they spread us out. Yeah, and they definitely did. And then obviously, Roquan Smith being out, and that was a big loss in the coverage as well. Yeah, no, and then um, also Deion Bush. I mean, he was coming on the field a lot to basically cover for Danny Trevathan on third downs and stuff like that. Like, Great on point. That, on that snap mm-hmm. to Devontae Adams where Danny Trevathan was, you know, 10 yards behind him, like that's probably Deion Bush on, on, a, on, a, on a normal snap. So, you know, the, all four of those guys were huge losses for sure. Yeah, and that's a hell of a point, Brad, because, yeah, we did see a lot of that on those passing downs where Deion Bush would come in to kind of spell him because teams were starting to exploit Danny Trevathan in coverage because Danny Trevathan's lost a step. And, you know, we see a lot of times with him, he's always trailing on those plays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. The thing is, that's been a thing all season, really. Um, for the most part, when you have a slower guy, he can keep up with, he do decent. But when there's a speedster there, who got a little speed, he struggled with that. No, he definitely did. And and I'm just going to say, <laughs> the thing with Pagano, he was out there playing checkers today, guys. And that Packers OC was playing chess. And LaFleur, those guys were dialing up some plays. And it just, to me, when I was looking at that, I'm like, where's the adjustments? You know, because in the second half, I thought we tightened up things a little bit. But for the most part, I still thought those were there were opportunities out there that we could have done a little bit more. Yeah, I, I saw some things I liked in the second half when we went back to that zone coverage because our forefront was able to get some pressure out there on Rodgers. Um, you thought, think about that sack that Matt got. We didn't send a lot of pressure there to get that sack. So that that guy stood back in coverage. And then right after that, you saw Rodgers trying to force a couple things in there in those zone coverages, and they weren't there like they was in the first half. So he kind of struggled a little bit in that department. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And, and Adams... They consistently lined him up in the slot because, as we know all season, that is an area where teams have exploited this defense. And we were fortunate that, you know, that Adams wasn't the one that that picked us apart. But the thing about it was 
is the attention that our defense played to him, it opened it up for those other guys to make plays out of the backfield or, you know, the tight ends or the other wide receivers. So there was a lot here in this ball game and we just need to clean up on defense because this is not the same defense that we've known, we've known to love in this town and especially not the defense that we saw earlier in the season. Oh, definitely not the defense we saw earlier in the season, but how many teams did we faced that were like Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers? So we didn't really face a lot of teams early on that had those weapons, that had a balanced attack like Gray Bay does. Gray Bay had a decent running game. They also have a good passing game. I thought we did a good job at stopping the run, but again, you can't. it's hard to stop both, right? It really is. So um, you're talking about 12 out there having a lot of chances uh, to throw it. That's tough. Oh, that's a good point. The missed opportunities, guys, to create turnovers. I mean, there were three dropped interceptions out there today. I'm not going to pick on Barkevious Mingo and his because that was a great read, and he just made a hell of a play to me. I mean, he could have corralled that one, but I'm more so looking at Eddie Jackson. And you know, A-Dub, I've Uh-oh. been on him a lot this season. <laughs> I saw this coming. Go ahead. <laughs> now, I'm just going to say this. Eddie Jackson kind of ran his mouth a little bit, you know, in an interview uh, before the game or, I don't know, a couple of days before the game where he said he heard what the Packers were saying and the fact that the Packers weren't giving the Bears enough respect heading into this matchup. And right. then he said, talk is cheap and it's going to be all about action on, on Sunday. Yes. Well, fam, Eddie, you're the highest paced damn safety in the league. You had an opportunity there to make a game-changing play in this ball game, And like his season has been, A-Dub, it's been a bunch of almost – could have. I wish. Well, bro, <laughs> nobody's paying you $58 million to be running your mouth. Make the plays out there on the field that need to be had. That was an opportunity right there when Aaron just kind of threw that ball up. Eddie should have made that play. I don't know what you guys think, but that's just my two cents. You said it right, man. You said it for us. He should have made that catch. And that's been my thing all year, right? Where our guys are so quick to knock the ball down to where they're not thinking about catching it. Catch the ball. That's what you want you to, the secondary to do first. You can't catch it or get it, then you knock it down. But in those plays like that, like you said, this one here, where he actually had it, that was on second and one, man, you get that ball intercepted. We in good field positioning. Yeah, man, they got to hit that jugs machine. <laughs> like, for, <laughs> for real, like Mooney bought that. That was his first investment when he came into the NFL money. And you could tell, that guy, he's dropped one pass all season. That's secondary. They need to be out there. They need to have those guys catching and practicing how to catch because, dude, in this ball game, that was that play with Jackson and the one with Vildor. While yep. I give Vildor props for breaking on the ball and reading it, but, bro, a corner has to make that play. <laughs> Interception. I mean, he came to you right there. Your hand's all over it. Matter of fact, I think he had both hands on it. Jeff, you got both hands on the ball like that. You got to catch it. Again, when you give Aaron Rodgers a second chance, bro, lights out. <laughs> Come back to bite you. Man, that shit hurt. I'm sitting up here looking. I'm like, he going to throw another touchdown and he's going to have that smug look on his face again and I'm just going to be sitting over here with nothing to say about it. And that's the thing. He shuts Bears fans up. And I hate that about him. I hate a lot about him, but I definitely hate that about him. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely that smile and that swag he got going on too, that look in his eyes. You can see it when you make a good place. Like, man, I don't want to see that no more. None in this game, but we saw a lot of it today. You're going too far. He ain't got no swag. <laughs> hey man, I'm gonna give him a little, little props, man. I kind of like. It. I wish our quarterback had that. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Ease up on Mitch. Ease up on Mitch. He, he didn't have a good game today, but he's up. I feel like Mitch got a little swagger, a little, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, hey, 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 bro. I mean, just about Mitchell swagger. I, I don't think there's much of that, but uh... <laughs> oh, right. <man. laughs> he's all right today, I suppose. I mean, he also could have had like. Three or four interceptions as well. Uh, <laughs> Rogers wasn't Rogers wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect, but he definitely, like you said, you give him a second chance, he's going to take advantage of it. You don't want to swaggy Rogers on, on Soldier Field. You definitely don't. Right? Yeah. yeah no, you don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to you later on that Mitch and the swag thing. I want to I'm gonna think about this for a second. <laughs> but I wanted to get your uh, offensive game ball uh, today, Brad. Who'd you think uh, was the recipient for the Bears? Had to be Donnell Mooney. Um, you know, I, I actually went to Tulane at the same time as he did. Oh, uh, okay. Right. All right. Yeah. So, you know, so like to say we graduated the same class. So, yeah. So, Donnell Mooney, uh, I mean, no, it was dope. It was dope. He's obviously had a lot of great games, but I mean, 11 catches like is way more than, you know, he really like took over today. Obviously, only the one big one, but, you know, the fact that he can be a reliable target on, you know, damn near every down, uh, you know, is, is a big development for sure. 
Absolutely. So one thing I'm going to say on that one, Brad, so you was obviously going to class. How often was Darnell going to class over there? <laughs> no comment. I got no idea. <laughs> this guy's a politician, too. I like it. It's uh, what you got. <laughs> hey, look, all I want to say is this. I want you to hear me loud and clear on this, Brad. Brad, you too. Money Moon! There we go. Money there we Moon! Go. <laughs> there we go. Listen, man, this kid showed me a lot in a big game. This is actually his best game in a big game at that, you know? So to me, I was kind of proud of him, the fact that he can take on that role. I mean, he played the A-Rob role today, which he had to. And we put him in what's everywhere on the field. He helped us out. Put him on a run. He did a gasket play with the run. We put him on short. Did good and short. We put him in long. Did good and long. So wherever we put this guy at, this kid at, he was able to try to execute. And um, he took a big hit today. And we, when he got hurt, it really hurt us as well. Well, I mean, the thing about it is, first of all, you guys hit it spot on. I mean, that guy definitely was killing it out there today. He's been playing like a veteran all season, but he's been playing with that shoulder injury for multiple weeks, guys. So that's the thing, too, where he's been taking a lot of hits. And another thing, too, and I just want to get you guys' thoughts on this. How many teams in the NFL do you think are kicking themselves for passing on this kid? Almost every one of them. Only one who's probably not kicking themselves is probably, I will say, is Minnesota Vikings. They got Jefferson. But after that, everyone else is probably kicking themselves in the, in the back right now. I mean, he's got to be the biggest steal, I would say, in the draft. I agree, from my perspective. <laughs> well, I know how you, I know how you feel about it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> hey, Brad, uh, A-Dub here, he's the, he's the biggest member of the uh, Darnell Mooney fan club, and we love it on the show. <laughs> that's good to hear. I love it. I love, I'm definitely in the fan club, so I, that's good to hear. There you go. I'm going to add one more thing to this here, you know, with my Money Moon guy, you know. All I got to say also with the Money Moon thing, hey, Prez, the bank was open. It was open, baby. It was. I, you know what? Easy. I agree. I agree. They, they, extended, the, they extended the banking hours, bro. What? <laughs> exactly. Um, I gave my offensive game ball to David Montgomery. For me, one of the best backs in the league over the last five weeks, I would say. Now, mm-hmm. he didn't dominate just on the ground. I mean, he was solid on the on the ground. He was successful in the offense, sustaining those long drives that both of you guys talked about. He kept Aaron Rodgers off the field. I mean, he had the touchdown run, which I thought was nice, but he had nine receptions out of the backfield. And this ball game, that was huge, especially when the game we saw that A-Rob wasn't being targeted. And we saw that basically they were trying to do like little dink and dunk type stuff. Montgomery just continues to be the centerpiece of this offense. And that's why I gave my offensive game ball to him. I have no issue with that at all. The other thing, in addition to what you shared, is that he had got hurt, and then he also came back, which I thought shows his toughness, showed a lot of heart, showed a lot of grit out there. Man, the kid's the toughest as they come. This is the thing, man. He bounced back from that injury like it was nothing. Right. You never know he even got hurt based on how he played. He's like, what injury? Right. <laughs> exactly. He got in. He didn't want to win the first touchdown there. You're like, oh, he's fine then. Okay. <laughs> yep. Tough player, man. Tough, tough damn player. I wish we had more of them like that on this team. I, I really do. If we did, we wouldn't be an eight-win ball club. That's all I say. Totally agree. Maybe Eddie Jackson need to watch 32 on tape a little bit this week. <laughs> he needs to, to see a kid out there working as hard as he is. Well, working harder. Yeah, harder. Brad, what you have for your defensive game ball today? Honestly, the secondary, for the most part, held up. Uh, like you said, Vilder maybe could have had a pick there, but he... Uh... He did make a good play jumping on that ball. I mean, Fuller was good. He was actually, he almost never trails any wide receiver. I usually keep him on that left side, and he just, that's just his side of the field. Uh, but he was shadowing Devontae a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he was obviously held to, you know, he didn't do much. You know, they, they didn't really move the ball through the other much at all. So, yeah, the secondary held up pretty well today. All right, so you gave it to Fuller. I, the only thing with Fuller, though, he did get beat late in the game on that, on that slant with Adams. But for the most part, though, you're right. I thought Fuller, you know, I would love the fact that they did let him shadow a bit. And, yeah, he was doing his thing out there. What do you think, A-Dub? Um, you guys think Fuller was cool, but I kind of disagree a little bit about Fuller. But I'll let you all go ahead on that one. <laughs> um, all right. Fair enough. But the guy who I thought um, who came in and, and done some things that I like, uh, I'll probably go with Mingo. I thought Mingo came in the game, gave us some good effort out there, applied some pressure, him and Mac together. Uh, I thought he's also good in coverage. Uh, when it came down to it, he almost got a pick, too, as well. So I thought Mingo, his minutes um, when he came in the game, he kind of helped us put more pressure on, um, try to put that pressure on Rodgers. 
I like that. And then he, you know, forced that uh the the punt on that third and one play that he made. Um, so yeah, no, Mingo, he's one of those guys that we've talked about on this show being one of Ryan Pace's uh unheralded signings. And he came here on a one-year proof of deal. And I think that Mingo's made himself a lot of money in this offseason coming up. Oh, absolutely. He's been great. Bro, no, he's been awesome though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I give my game ball to a Khalil Mack. Okay. And I know that, you know, he's been quiet at times this season. A lot of fans, you know, they'll be on different sides of the spectrum. I still think that, you know, a lot of the fact that Quinn isn't getting home and isn't taking advantage of his one-on-one opportunities is kind of holding Khalil back a little back a little bit. But he showed up, and I thought, pretty well today. Um, did. Had the sack, had a tackle for loss, got a quarterback hit. He had some tackles out there. Yep. Um, for the most part, though, our pass rush was real lame today. But I thought in that third quarter, I think, I don't know, I think it might have been UAW that brought this up, but I thought that third quarter was when we were able to bring a little bit of pressure on Rodgers, and that's when he started kind of throwing those balls up a little bit, and we yeah. had opportunities to make plays. But, no, I gave mine to Khalil Mack, man. I, I think that a lot of fans, they don't appreciate what this guy brings uh, to the team uh, week in and week out. He plays through all these injuries. I mean, he's on the injury report. Damn near. He's been on the injury report all season. He probably don't even practice half the time. He's probably so beat up. And I think that the fact that he doesn't miss games, that does not get discussed a lot. A lot of people focus too much on the fact that his sacks and production or whatever the case may be. But that's my guy, man. Yeah, that's what I'll say in regards to Khalil Mack. I think Quinn sort of hurt a little bit of his production. Let me explain why really quickly. You know, we normally have uh, Khalil Mack lined up on either side, the right side or the left side, right, to try to put pressure on. Most of the time, now you've been stuck on one side because of Quinn. So now you have both of them kind of pressuring together, at least trying to. But I like the fact we used to mix Mack up a little bit to have him do him, right? Right now, you can't really do him as much as he wants to with us putting him all over the field like we used to. That's fair. Well, that's definitely fair. Brad, who'd you have for an underperformer today? Yeah, I mean, uh, Quinn, like you said, was really just continues to not exactly win his one-on-one matchups. Um, I, I think he had a pressure too, but you know, coming into this game, you know, the Packers' offensive line is makeshift. They got a bunch of guys um, out at this point. Obviously, Bakhtiari, huge loss, yeah. uh, and I just feel like yeah, like they, they didn't really generate as many pressures as you as you needed to to win this game today. No, absolutely. Mine's gonna be uh, man. I had a couple people, but I'm only going to focus on one. <laughs> um, I'm going to just go back to uh, Eddie Jackson again. So I'm not I'm not going to go in any further than I did earlier. But the game changer plays that we saw um, Jackson make before he signed that big contract extension, we haven't seen those this season. And I just thought that that, that play that he could have made on that ball, I thought that could have shifted the momentum. Because that was an easy pick, I thought, just, just from what I saw. And... Uh, Making plays like that is why that team gave him that big deal this offseason. He's got to make those, point blank. That was my underperformer. No, I have no problem with that part of him being underperformed because what also got me with him as well is being able to read when the run come, right? And I thought one time where he came in to get a tackle through the middle and then um, Jones bounced out to the outside. I was like, you didn't see that coming? And he just came in where, where Jones did pick up some more yards, right, after the run because of the fact that we had everyone stuffed into the middle. So things like that would like for him to be able to read better than what he's doing out there. Was that one of his business decisions? Because he's been making those all season. <laughs> he made a lot of for sure all season. <laughs> he probably saw Jones was like, no, nah, I'm going to try to just two-hand push him outside or something. And you know, <laughs> you know how he's been doing with his tackling all season, bro? Yeah, it's been atrocious. And then we see Amos on the, on the other side, which I miss Smash, because when Darnell Mooney was on that sideline, and he lit up Mooney, and I'm like, dude, I miss having people in our secondary that hits people. Like, Kyle Fuller's the only person in this secondary that basically will hit somebody and, and make them think twice about running in, in his low area. Our oh, yeah. safeties do not do that. That's what you want to see. You want to see some hard hits. I mean, you want to make a guy remember coming up through the middle. And a lot of these guys come to the middle, they're like, okay, I'll come back again when they come <laughs> on a soul. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll be back, you know? You're not getting hit out there, right? So you, yeah. you want to see our secondary... Put some hits on guys. And I'll tell you one thing. I did appreciate that hit that Fuller did early in the year. I can't remember what team it was, but I was like, man. That was against Tampa. Yeah. I'm like, we need to see more hits like that from our DBs, you know, our our secondary. So I need our safeties to hit somebody like that. The next time Eddie Jackson comes up and hits somebody in the hole will be his first time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm just, I'm sick of it, man. Because like I said, Amos, when he was in the secondary, and I know listeners, they don't want to hear me talking about Adrian Amos, but 
I thought at the time when we lost him that that was a big loss for this defense because he was an enforcer in that secondary. And it allowed Eddie Jackson to be more of like that playmaker. He was able to freelance a little bit uh, because right now, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Eddie Jackson right now. And it's just, it's not the same game that he was playing in 2018. Right. It seems like sometimes he's looking to try to help out in coverage and he gets lost because he's trying to help somebody else out who gets beat. So maybe that's part of it. I don't fully know. But again, it, the thing is, he hasn't looked like a pro bowler either. That concerns us as well. It definitely does. Brad, man, did you have anything else, man, before we uh, uh, get you out of here? Man, we definitely appreciate you for pulling up and coming on the show with us today, brother. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It was a good time. No, we covered a lot of good stuff. I mean, just on EJX real quick, I guess, before we head out. Uh, I mean, Gibson, I think, also has kind of lost a step at this point. You know, I think Eddie, when you let him roam free, when he has a guy that can play down in the box opposite him, it definitely helps him and, you know, lets him do what he excels at more and, and I just, I, I think Gibson's a, a liability in, in coverage and, like you said, isn't really laying the boom on anybody, like not, like, making guys afraid to, yeah, to run a, run over the middle of the field against the Bears. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that as well, and I appreciate you guys having me on. You, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Appreciate it, man. Uh, tell our audience, uh, you know, where they can find you on, on Twitter. I know a lot of um, Bears fans already probably know Brad very well, but just for maybe some people that may not be familiar Give them your Twitter at and tell a little bit more about, you know, what you're doing over there at PFF before you get out of here, man. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Uh, I'm talking, you know, salary cap and contracts, but also the draft coming up, um, a lot of offseason stuff. And then just, yeah, football uh, 24-7, just, just talking football. Man, we appreciate it. We definitely love to get you back on, man, when we uh, start approaching the offseason and draft talk, man, if you're down for it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for jumping on. Sir. Thanks for having me. All right, now. Later, fam. A-Dub, man. It was good having Brad on. Uh, we had a little PFF guy on here. I know a lot of listeners and fans, they definitely, you know, they get after the analytic guys a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Brad's a good dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, there were some people on Twitter today, they were saying that Brad's not like a real fan and this and that. And I'm like, man, like, man, let the guy live. <laughs> exactly, man. Look. Because people are critical of the team doesn't mean they aren't are fans of the team. No, because the thing about it is, I believe that you have to be 100%. Now, I know I'm not, like, super into all the stats and the analytics, but I see that there is some importance in that in the game. Yeah. But I think that you can use a stat to tell whatever story that you want to tell. Oh, I agree. And the thing is, stats are good, but they don't tell the entire story. That's what it comes down to. You got lag measures, you have lead measures, you know. A lot of those stats are lag measures. So you got you to need people to discuss, like us, to talk about those lead measures, what led up to them. Yep, exactly. But I know <laughs> that I said in the, in the Packers preview pod, A-Dub, that I didn't want us to limp into the playoffs by losing to Green Bay and then the Cardinals losing and basically letting us get in there. But here we are. <laughs> so we here. <laughs> we here now. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and I'm gonna take it but I will say this I got a list of people that I fucking hate I hate the <laughs> Packers okay I fucking hate Aaron Rodgers okay I hate that fucking <laughs> smug look on his face I hate his fake swagger <laughs> I hate Matthew Nagy I fucking hate Chuck Pagano I'm just sick of a lot of fucking things that's going on right now bro I hate 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 a lot of shit right now hey look I'm not here to disagree with you on your hate and how you feel. And I totally understand it. And they might be here again for another year. <laughs> so especially if we win this next game, that's almost like a foregone conclusion that they might all come back next year if we win this next game. Yeah, we'll definitely see, brother. We'll definitely <laughs> Just see. wrap your head around that for one, for one second. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to think on that one, and, and I'm going to have some thoughts for you on the, on the preview pod that we're doing on, on Tuesday. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but, again, we're going to the playoffs, wild card matchup, going against the Saints. Uh, before we get out, A-Dub, I wanted to go over some fan reactions with you. Our, our, our listeners really like this segment, so I figured, hey, last regular season game of the year, we need to go out with a bang with the fan reactions. Let's go. All right. First one came over from Ross Reed. He said, Chuck Pagano will absolutely be the sacrificial lamb. Bears will have a new defensive coordinator next season. Look, I'm not against it. That's a possibility. That is definitely an option. And we saw some of his shortcomings. But one thing I want to say in this particular game that I will give Pagano a little bit credit for is that he does know something about our secondary that a lot of us really didn't know. Because again, 
there are some holes in our secondary. So that's why we do a lot of those zone coverages. But I will say with his lack of aggressiveness, it has hurt us a lot. No, I definitely hear you. Now, I'll, I'll say this, though. There's no need to be calling people names. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure that they were already upset about their plays. You got to be calling them hoes, bro. <laughs> no, I don't think I said that word. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the next fan reaction came over from our buddy Mitch uh, at 2 Crucial 10. That's your boy Hollywood, Mitch. Hollywood. Yeah, he said, uh, Fairweather-ass Bears fans, mad that they're in the playoffs. Well, you know what? Um, we can't be mad that we're in the playoffs. I mean, we're here. We gotta, if we can make some noise, we probably can extend our, you know, uh, our playoff hopes, right? We're going to the next round. But since we're in it, let's take advantage of our opportunity, you know? Got some things we need to clean up. We kind of know. Green Bay kind of exposed us a little bit. Maybe we can clean some of that stuff up. But we're here. Gotta do what we gotta do. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, the next fan reaction came over from Sarah S. And she said, Dear Nagy, you have been handed an, uh, basically... <laughs> He said, you've been handed an opportunity despite all of your bad decisions this season. A playoff berth has been given to you. Don't screw it up by calling plays next week. I hope he doesn't call any plays next week. Let Bill Lazor be Bill Lazor. I think Bill Lazor has done a pretty good job since he's been calling the plays, and I would like for him to continue doing so into this game. If it looks like Nagy's calling the plays, we're all going to be up in a roar. <laughs> so <laughs> Nagy, stay far away as you can. Well, when I saw him looking under that play sheet in the game today, I got triggered. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, you got to be very careful about his non-verbal communication out there. Man, I had that Arthur fist going, bro. It's fucking Because <laughs> the, camera, the camera's on him. It is on him. Man, he's like pacing <laughs> up the sideline with the head, his head down again. I'm like, oh, shit. He's involved in the play calling again. <laughs> yep. I can tell he was involved with those fourth and those, those fourth and ones. I can tell he was involved with it. Listen, when it wasn't a QB sneak, I'm like, okay, that's a laser play. Thank you. But then when that rolled out with Mitch, I'm like, that was a naggy play, son. Damn, naggy. It, it sure looked like it. Man, damn, naggy. Anyway, uh, the next uh, fan reaction came over from Ty Kunis. He said, I feel dirty, but we are in the playoffs. Bear down till I'm dead. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, it's Bear Nation here. We still in it, man. And the thing is, like I said, one win can actually change a little bit of our fortunes. It really could. And all we've been through to now have the 88 season and to get a win in the playoffs would mean a lot. It really would. I'm hopeful for the opportunity. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. And let's see if we can catch another break in, in the fact that the game's on Saturday and we face the Saints without Kamara. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So that'll be break uh, number 2003 in, on the season for us. But <laughs> I guess we'll keep taking them. <laughs> exactly. We take them. We took a lot of them today just to let you know. But, yeah, we'll, we'll take that one too. Yep. Uh, our last uh, fan reaction came over from King Mac. And he said, I'm going to be honest. I don't care how my team gets to the playoffs. The fact is they made it to the dance. You don't have a chance to dance with the prom queen if you don't go to the dance. He's right on that. Hey, everybody that's in the playoffs got a chance at winning the Super Bowl. Everyone that's in it. No matter what their woes have been all season, don't matter. Here's the thing. In our last five games, we're, what, four and one. So we haven't been getting our butts kicked, limping, really limping into the playoffs. We had some bad decisions made by Nagy, right, early on with the quarterbacks and all that stuff. But while we're here, our last five games hasn't been atrocious. So we're not quite just limping in. We're actually still on a high note. We just lost to a tougher team, a couple things to clean up, and maybe we'll do better, better against this next team. Oh, that's a good point. I, what, is, wasn't it three wins down the stretch? Maybe so. Maybe three. Yeah, three yeah, and yeah. one. Okay, three yeah. and one. But I would just say this. With King Mack, when he made that analogy about the prom queen, I'm just going to say this, man. I hope in this case we get the girl. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, at least, hey, look, or at least get a dance with her. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Back to the Future, man. I feel like Marty McFly when we start fading out of that picture. That's what's happening to this team right now. We are fading out of that damn Polaroid picture that he had. Yeah, yeah, we are, man. We trying to get back in it. <laughs> Shit, man. We need to get that Enchanted and Sea vibes going over here, man. Fuck. I agree. <laughs> hey, Doug, before we get out of here, man, you know, we've had a couple different giveaways of... We, we had the giveaway for the Steve McMichael autograph photo. Uh, we had a giveaway today that we did for a Richard Dent autograph photo, uh, where basically the issue, the situation was people had to guess 
who the first bear was be to score a touchdown today. So that was David Montgomery. So we're going to me and you're going to pull uh, those results after we record here tonight. And we'll address okay. that on, on Twitter later. And then we're going to do another giveaway just because man, me and a dub, we those dudes. And we definitely like to make sure that our audience not only stays engaged, but we also want to give back because it's been a tough season for <laughs> not only me and a dub, but it's been a tough season for fans and you guys have been hanging in there. And so we want to do these things for these diehard fans, man, that have been pulling with this team all season. So we're going to do a Zach Miller autograph photo. So that's going to be the giveaway for this episode. To participate in this particular contest, you need to DM us when the episode link drops um, tomorrow. DM, DM us your thoughts about the wildcard matchup against the New Orleans Saints this weekend. And then we just need you to retweet our link. So pretty easy. Retake the link, DM us your thoughts on the, on the Saints game, and then you get thrown in the hopper to qualify for the Zach Miller autograph. So easy enough. But just a little something that we wanted to do uh, gearing up to this matchup this weekend, A-Dub. Yes, sir. Man, without further ado, on to the playoffs. Go ahead and sign us off, bruh. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sanchez Podcast. This show is now available on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. On our next episode, we will preview the Bears' wildcard matchup next weekend against the Saints. Bear Nation, come down with us. Peace.